Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas and singing with me, my co-host, who's been working so hard, he got himself a manicure, the one and only Dural Toe Singer. Uh, I resent that. Are you trying to say that, uh, are you trying to be dismissive of my have, working Have hard? you ever not resented uh, any of my introductions? I love your introductions <laughs> normally, but that one felt slight. That one felt like there was a Mate, bit of a dig in there. You've been working hard, you deserve a manicure and you got one. I, I, I would get a manicure even if I didn't deserve it. Oh. <laughs> Jeremy, like I, I don't understand the no, insinuation. I, don't understand. That I just think like, if you work really hard, you reward yourself with a manicure. Manicure is not for me; it's for others. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a, not even we a minute in. Have a wonderful <laughs> guest, a very funny stand-up comedian friend of ours, who most people might know from the extremely popular and very, very funny Do Go On podcast. Please welcome Matt Stewart. Hey. For having me. What a pleasure to be here. It's so good. I felt like I had to give the big, massive introduction and the big sort of uh, WrestleMania-level yeah. intro because I know your energy. Yeah. <laughs> I need to counter that with uh, Oh, yeah. I'll meet that energy. When you say deals with the manicures for other people, is that just as nicer to look at your hands now? Is that what you meant? <laughs> no. No, for fingering. What do you think? Sorry, yes, okay. <laughs> just wanted to clarify. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling back to something that we might have uh, cut out. <laughs> um, no, but good. Thank you so much for having. Uh, and I really appreciate um, you were a bit skeptical about whether you had anything to talk about. Uh, but I said that what was interesting in itself is the fact that you've always been consistently fairly healthy and in, 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 in shape and, and active. Yeah, relatively. Probably never, never the you know the peak of fitness, but no, but always you, uh, you know somewhere in between. So give us some stats. How old are you? Thirty six. Thirty six, and you a sporty kid? Uh, yeah, but not good. But I would play sports. Yeah, poorly. But like you'd be there. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah, twelfth man in cricket. You know. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, and you're a footy nut as well. Yeah. yeah Big fan of the St Kilda Football Club. Yeah, yeah, love the Saints. Um. Played, I think my best sports were the ones that uh, weren't team ones, probably. I don't think I was very tenacious, you know? Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. in a team sport, you got to go get the ball. Ah, uh, That wasn't yeah. really my thing, so <laughs> better at tennis, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. hitting it at you, so I can... Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> you've got to yeah. defend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even, even like pool is too much for you. you got to yeah. go to the ball. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> Can you just get the ball to me, please? Anything where they're throwing it at you, chucking at you, that's where I'm better. Yeah. But you also do run. Yeah, running is probably the only thing I do now. What uh, what sort of uh, running do you do? Just park ones or do you do long distance? Robberies. <laughs> yeah, taxi <laughs> Diarrhea. <runners. laughs> uh, uh, normally like five, between five and 10K yeah? would be the normalish one. How often is that? Uh, when I'm doing it, two or three times a week, and then there'll be gaps of months, and then I'll right, I'll, right, right. I'll have the epiphany, you know. So never every like few months. a consistent like regime or anything like that. Uh, if I like sign up to a fun run in yeah. a couple of months, then I might do a semi semi sort of training, training for thing. it. And do you try and aim for a time or? Yeah, I th- well, I heard this thing uh, which I haven't got to yet that um, once you hit forty. You should be trying to run your time in the 10K. So, what does that mean? So, oh. 40 minutes for 40, 41 minutes, 41. What? Yeah, which sounds wild. That it? sounds wild. Because I'm not 40 yet and I've never got close to 40 minutes. Mate, I've been fucking crazy. I've been is. going quite hard and I just clocked my fastest 5K, which is 27. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, mm. I don't even know if I can eat 27. The idea that you add another 5K <laughs> and do 13 minutes on top of that. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's yeah. insane. And you'd so, like, there's just 10 year olds just flying through the street. <laughs> 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 Can't even see him. <laughs> At like sixty k's an hour, like the roadrunner. Yeah. <laughs> me, me. Um, so yeah, so but that's I guess something to aspire to. Is it after you turn forty? Yeah. Well, I so I, when I heard that, I'm like, all right. By the time I hit forty, I got to do it in forty minutes. But that, that's really fast. Yeah, though. I haven't. I think more realistically, I try and beat fifty minutes when I do the fun run. For some reason, I find. 
minute, I save minutes between mm. running by myself and those fun run days. Right. Which must be like adrenaline or something. I'm not sure if I've ever done a sub 10, a uh, sub hour um, for a 10K. Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure it's always a little bit. You you did sub, uh, didn't you do 59 or something? Yeah, I did 59. But that was the only, but I think, again, it was adrenaline. And it was also the first time I did 10. Yeah, like, so nice. I, I'd be very curious now because I've what I'm trying to do is like do two days, five k's, have a break, and then do one more in the week. Great, because the now, week or weekend you mean? Uh, no. I, well, usually in the week. So, so I'm trying to do like Monday, Tuesday, uh-huh. and then break Wednesday. Maybe if I could do it on Thursday, because with the running thing, I've, the whole new thing I've found is I, I'm trying not to injure myself, but also I just with with logistics changing because Minka started school, I can't get to the like we haven't worked out logistics yet, and it'll take a couple of terms until we actually work it out. Mm. So, but the run for half an hour, so then I just do it on the even on the Thursday and Friday. So I'm like 15 k's for the week. That's pretty fucking. I would have never been able to do that in the past, but then it's just like, well, what do I do now? Like, because when you hear that, I'm like, oh, I'd like to get to the 10k, but then that now that's an hour. Can I have I got yeah. an hour on the weekend? Probably not. So then, do I try and do faster on the 5k? It's tricky. That is tricky. I, and I've seen like most fun runs put out their uh, training guides, and they'll mm. have like 10 week training guides and stuff. And usually the they're four or five runs a week. Uh, and then the last one's normally builds up. In the last few weeks, you, they want you to do like 13Ks and to then, train for the 10. Oh, like really? oh, that's the opposite of the marathon. The marathon, they right. go under. they like maximum you run before the race is uh, 33, and then they want you to peak at 442 on the day. Oh, that's that what you taper. You taper, yeah. Oh, you I'm, get... I'm, my, I might be lying. But no, I, no, no, I no, think no, the 10K might be right for 10K different the other because way. it's like the marathon is Punishing your body. Yes. Whereas the 10K is sort of like a a thing humans probably should be able to do or with training or whatever. Yeah, 100%. I agree 100%. Like, I think marathon is just like, oh, just pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Whereas 10K is something that, as you said, like, if you're just in good nick, you should be able to get to. Yeah. Yeah. And you are in good nick. Uh, The question I have for you do you have any injuries? Uh, I've got only, yeah, sort of minor ones. I've got a, I once, I used to go to the gym a while back when I was early twenties. And one time I, um, I was doing a dumbbell press on the biggest weight (laughs) I'd done and I was realized it was too big and I, uh, lost control of it because I had dumbbells. Yeah. They're loose. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know to drop them. So I just, I just wrenched my right. So my shoulders never quite been the same. So you reckon you've done some tender damage. So I don't know what it is. I've, I've been to, um, Whatever the doctors, doctors. That's, that's it. Right. <laughs> 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 the doctors. Thank you. <laughs> it's a tricky word. That yeah. one. It sounds like you know you're changing paperwork <laughs> and trying to change. Person who gives you medicine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, doctors. Yeah. And they said that there's there's something there, and they gave me exercise and stuff, but like um, um, sort of physiotherapy type stuff. Yeah. Did t- t- just go back to the dropping the weights thing because that there's some I'm unfamiliar with that. So. Uh, the idea is that if it's starting to be too much, just let go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whereas, yeah, I didn't know that. And instinctively, I didn't know that, no. it, I'd, really? it didn't happen. Well, I just don't. That, that just feels just, rude. The, yeah, that's <laughs> what I thought. I don't want to make a scene. Yeah. I'm already the skinniest guy in this whole place. There's all these yeah. beefcakes around. I don't want to bring attention to myself. But that's the one thing my dad said to me when uh, he said that he's treated so many people who've gone too hard and didn't know about that at the gym. That right. it's quite, it's really common injury where people go, hi, and you're like, oh, I'm about to drop the weight. Oh, I can't do that. Because that's why, you know, the, most people, if they're aware of that, they get someone to spot, right? Yes. Uh-huh. But then with those dumb well ones, because it's really, if the gym gets really busy, I get really nervous that people put uh, their bench close enough to me because I'm like, I need I need to be able to let go because I've got a left fuck shoulder that can dislocate, you know, straight away. So it's that thing where I was like, you know, I will move out of the way because if you go, especially with the dumbbells and you feel it go, you just you just drop them because right. that's why they're- Aren't the you scared about dropping them on yourself? No, 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 because you're, you're, you're on either side because your feet are at the end. Like you're on yeah, on the bench. Side. Okay, so you're sitting on the yeah. lying, lying down. Yeah. And then, and, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it, then you it. can drop it. So unless someone's a bit closer uh, to you, yeah. uh, then otherwise, because otherwise it's not worth it because, yeah, you did that in your early 20s and you've still had the injury. Yeah, the well, I'm right. just using like 5K dumbbells, so it never really is a problem. Like, <laughs> here we go yeah. and here we <laughs> up and down. Um, there's another thing, Matt. You, out of all the people I know, I reckon you – are probably one of the most relaxed, calm people I think I've ever come across in my life. Yeah, right. Um, and I just kind of want to talk about this because because you're a dad 
uh, with two kids, uh, similar age gap as me, and uh, we work at a studio and there's a lot of dads in here and we sometimes find ourselves, uh, you know, stressing about stuff, uh, you know, and then, you know, everyone stresses and then you'll come in <laughs> and sometimes join the conversation and go, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty hard. And like, and you're just so, I just want to know, where this relax? Like, have you always been like this? He's have a sociopath. You... That's what. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, he doesn't care it, about the world. It's just something because I, I feel no. like it's a lot of people get stressed really easily, and it comes with injuries. That's why I kind of went with the injury oh, path, right. and then went wanted to go. Is it is it that nature of like how do you uh, to I, be honest? How do you do it? Why well, no, I'm sure I get stressed. I definitely get stressed as well. But yeah, maybe I just don't uh, project it. Somehow. Project it. Do you hold it in? Oh yeah, I hold it in, and uh, <laughs> I'm creating tumors all around my yeah. stomach. He's got ulcers <laughs> everywhere, and he's about to go blow his brains out after this one. But do you do any meditation? Do you do anything like that? I I, I got into that for a, for a while. I got the Headspace app. Oh uh-huh, yeah, yeah. It's a good intro. Headspace. Any people wanting to know about meditation, Headspace is a great intro uh, into meditation. It's ten minutes a day. It's a free app for the first ten sessions, I think. Yeah, and you can just right. do those ten over and over again. Yeah, and, yeah. And I did. I ended up paying for it and did yeah. it for a year. Annual same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. Uh, I don't you know. I, I. I enjoyed it for quite a while, and then it started feeling like. I do these things where I try and, you know, try not to break the chain. Yeah. So I was doing that and then I was doing this thing called 750 Words. It's like a morning pages thing. To write? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the art from the uh, the art of the way. Yeah, the art of the way, yeah. Um, And that... um, Did you say art of the way for the artist's way? Or is it two separate books? (laughs) Okay, no, no, no. no, 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 no. I'm not having a dick. But just on the chain, I just want to show you guys this thing. This is an app I just got called called Chains, I believe. And um, it's basically where you, you... you p- plug in what you want your chains to be. So mine's like, you know, meditation, conscious eating, 45 minutes of exercise, and you just tick it off as you go. And you can put different icons, like, you know, literal chains or a Is belt oh, cool. or like a piano key. Oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every morning you feel so guilty. As you can see, I broke a meditation chain. The flower pot is broken in the uh. middle because I missed it. And I'm like, damn it, I don't want to break the flower pot. And so you actually get motivated to make sure you tick these yeah, off yeah. as you go. So I've done my meditation for the day. Now I'm good. Uh, <laughs> you know? That's satisfying too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yes. the sound actually helps us out. I think it's like three bucks or four bucks or something like that to buy. But, uh, oh, that's but, cool. But yeah, it really helps you not want to break the chain. So. And I, I did find that for a long time. And then I was uh, had a tour in the UK. So I the time difference shifted. Uh-huh. So all of a sudden I was having – and my apps were still on Australian time or whatever. So I was having to do these things real – early in the day to make it work and it started that started stressing me out so, so I this up, is because headspace tells you how many days in a row you've yeah, done that's and right. it motivates you and to so not try to fuck it up yeah 750 words uh website does as well oh it's a website called yeah. 750 words yeah so is that the morning pages stuff yeah yeah that's basically it's their take on the morning page now, now, i i'm for people who don't know it's uh it's from that book the artist's way which i, I don't know if you've done it's a 12 week program yeah. or whatever you I, apparently it. it's great i've never read it but now i've done it i've done I, I did six weeks of it uh because it, it takes up a lot of time and also the book itself is quite interesting because it's it, it it allows you to uh, for, for people quite often who aren't in the creative field who want to explore that and then if you do the 12 week program uh it, it gives you uh, it releases your creativity, and it's and the book itself is weird because she continually refers to to God, um, right. and so and, and in the end, and there's a preface at the start that says, you know, you can make God what you want it to be. Like it doesn't have to be, but it's sort of that mm. inner thing that you believe to you can find be Gary Ablitzinia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you find that creativity, but the morning page is really interesting because every day you just wake up and then you're just supposed to just start writing, and it doesn't matter what comes into your head, but you just have to write. And you have to do full. Uh, they say three A4 sheets of paper. That's what it says in the book. And I remember doing that for a while and it was quite amazing because you just whatever comes in your head, you just start writing it. Some of it's gibberish, some it makes sense, some it's really personal, sometimes it's really dark. And then you get that out. So when, when it's time to actually write or do your creative thing, uh, you've got all that out of the way. But what I found, and I don't know if it works today, but uh, when you said, oh, you type now, because I reckon like by the time we get into two, two, two A4 sheets of paper, my hand was killing yeah. me. Like it's just like my, like our hands aren't really built to write. I haven't but written that, that much with with a pen for you know yeah. no more than signing a 
bank statement or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, so yeah. when you do that, I remember I was like getting cramps going, oh, this is not working. Mine's but- pretty tired from old autographs. I say. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then like, so, but then if you do it, can you touch type when you do it? Oh, uh, no. See, What's that's touch the, type? Oh, you know where you can just like, oh, look. Oh, just look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. I think, I think like, we all, but not our proper. generation can't, not, not do it like as in I'm we not don't. using the pinkies all that much. That's it. But we yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I think our generation can do it without looking a yeah. fair bit these days, I would say. Because that, that would be amazing to them. Because 750 words, because if you were to do it, it's supposed to be 500 words per page if oh, you write it. Right. So then by the time you do the three, it's 1,500. Oh, I've heard an wild. alternative version of that, which is just to say you're only going to write like one page. That's all you tell you because the idea of three pages is like ugh, I can't very do it. daunting, and you don't want to start. It's like a failure to launch yeah. thing. But if you say, "Hey, I'm just going to really write one page," and you can just say the same sentence over and over again, inevitably you start to push past that one page. You're like, oh well, now that I've started, I might yeah. as well. But it's about making sure the barriers to entry for any habit forming is easy. Like it's got to be easy to get into. So with me with exercise, the only challenge I set myself at the start when I kicked all of this off was I had to wear the clothes. That's all uh, I yeah. told myself. All you have to do is put the clothes on today, just to active wear the shoes. That's all you got to do. And I've got to be honest with you, there was day two, I think I refused to put it. There was this psychological barrier that I was refusing. So and then I just put it in front of me near the bed. So when I wake up, it is there. The shoes, the socks, the uh, the, the the jocks, all of that has to go on yeah. if I need to leave the bed, you know? So then I wish that became... would work with my children, putting their clothes on. <laughs> just like, just put your clothes on, start the day. And they're like, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm in the middle of this book called uh, The War of Art by ah, yeah. Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. Which is I've heard really, a few people talk about this lately. It's a great book. It's a I really, really like good it. book to read, especially when you're in the middle of a yeah. comedy festival and okay. writing new shows, purely because he talks about this thing called resistance, which is a force that stops you from... From yeah, doing stuff. I'm feeling it. Man, the resistance. <laughs> I'm feeling yeah. that big time. I did a trial show last night. Maybe so. what I'll do is I'll just plagiarize and just screenshot and send yeah. you the resistance stuff because that that is so valuable right now. The idea about that fear of it being bad yep. being a reason to not do anything at all rather than letting go and just go, I need to show up to work still, regardless of whether I'm, it's going to be good or not. I have to just show up to work. And I'm in the middle of the bit of the book that I'm just sort of reading fairly skeptically uh, while well, I'm audiobooking uh, about the muse, the concept yep. of the muse. Where it's I was like very, a, yeah. But he said it's like it's, easy, like it's it's just like gravity. You don't have to see it to know it exists, right? There's, there's a force that pushes a, you know, a kitten from – nothing to be able to run there must just think of it as some sort of instinctive thing it doesn't have to be a a you know god or or, or greek god. yeah he uses the greek muse concept the nine muses that zeus one well, of nine zeus's daughters or whatever to try and explain that it isn't like an external force that you can't necessarily control but what you can control is showing up to the temple yeah. Waiting for the muse to arrive. I'm putting on it, your active gear. I'm putting on your active gear, showing on that, yeah. Because he has he's, he's had a couple of follow-up books on that as well. There's another one called Just Do It, right? Yeah. Where he's like, it's there, so it's that when thing. When he worked for Nike. When he worked for Nike and oh, he's never been the same since. <laughs> but it's that thing where it's like, but acknowledging the resistance, like like yeah. that's the real hard one as well. Like And also, like, because I was, I was thinking this as well. It's like, you know, it's pressure cooker. Like you've already started your run. You have, have you started your festival show yet uh i sort of did a hobart couple but it was it was with old material and stuff uh, and yeah, also, i love that that's it. a phrase i did a hobart <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh how's your show i did a hobart i did a oh, hobart yeah oh i'm so sorry and um, so it's that they were like we're in that process where like you just have to do the work you have to be there and then i did a trial show last night and there were quite a few uh fitbit listeners in so i just put it out there and they all came uh to the to the trial show where was your trial show downstairs just here why don't you fucking tell me it was like I, this is not a good plug for our social media. <laughs> so I put it on social media. <laughs> we put it on our fifth page. <laughs> so anyway, we're on top of that. You uh, have my number. You have my number. I'm just like, afraid I, that you don't think I, I, think, I think you even liked it. <laughs> well, I like everything you put up there because I want to support you. So, so but it was so funny. So there was uh, all these uh, uh, feedback listeners, and it was that thing where I was like, it was like I was like, I have the date, and uh, and Josh Earl did the tra- trial show before me, and then. And so some of his listeners stayed as well. But it was just the pressure. I was like, I, ca- I just need this goal. And then I was like, I need no distractions. I need those distractions. And there's that thing where he's like, and my, and my son just goes, Daddy, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling sick. And I'm like, no distractions, no distractions. And I put it that and I was like, 
Dear Earth, dear Universe, can you please make Tao's stomach just feel better? Because I need him to go to childcare. And it fucking worked. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, he's like, I'm feeling better. I was like, Universe, you're working. You're working. Thank you, Universe. I was like, oh, thank God. See, what I would have done is taken the mentality of the dumbbells and just dropped him and go, fuck it, I'm out. I am walking out of this. This is too heavy and it's fucking up my shoulder. See you, son. Are you, so you're, are you becoming a bit more spiritual? Um, it, it's funny you say that. Yes. Uh, and I reckon it's only happened probably in the last six months or so. But I lately I've just uh, – maybe it's a, a change of um, – a friend of mine uh, – and everyone knows this phrase, but it's like um, when you see a problem as an opportunity. And I had heard that phrase a lot of times uh, recently. And it was about six months ago that I kind of just really started to really try and change that. But the, the effect on that – is recently is just like, oh, just, you know, just ask the universe or just put those positive vibes out in the universe and try and switch things has really benefited mostly with my family because I reckon I can fly off the handle pretty quickly, especially with the kids at the moment, and especially with stress and festival and, you know, all the warm-up I do and my partner's career and and dealing with sick relatives. I was like, mate, you know, you're in, you're in a good space. You're living where you want to live. You've got a family, like, you know, like the problems, let's see it as, a, as an opportunity and try and flip it. And since I've been doing that, I've just been putting it out to the universe and it's kind of coming back in a more, whether I'm open to it, and I don't know how spiritual that is, but it is made, it's made a big difference, I reckon. Yeah, right. and especially the last six months, especially with leading up to festival time, where I was like, oh, I don't, I can, you know, I, you know, we talk about I've got barely time to post on social media, but let alone write a show. And I was like, no, no, no. It was like, oh, look, look, look at this opportunity. Like, you've got a trial show at, at, at Stupid Old Studios, one of your favourite places to work. Who would have thought you'd have a desk here with all your other mates and comedians? Like, what an opportunity. And it's like, even though I know that exists, it's saying it out loud mm, yeah. that it's actually really changed the way I've been thinking. I think I'm like... It, it almost sounds like you believe in the secret now. But <laughs> yeah. remember that? I see, I haven't well, read that. The secret had... It, it's, it's, it's a really frustrating one because I think there's elements of the secret that I enjoyed and I think I can see the, um, the science behind it? it. Okay, so the do you remember, did you read it? You uh, go actually. I, I, I saw a the, the, Someone the gave me a DVD. I watched the DVD. I, didn't I used read to it. work at a supermarket one of the one of the other guys really was writing or yeah. gave me a DVD of it. And it was in that. In and that he thing. went from aisle four all the way to <laughs> aisle 11. <laughs> I don't think I really bought into it unfortunately. Um, I was but I'm, a, I'm a scientific. I prefer science over I, spirituality. I think the thing that makes sense to me in yeah. it is uh, if people who are feeling more positive for, will just open themselves up to more right. positive things somehow. So it's it's ah. basically the idea is that if you want something, you Matt, you put it out. You say, "I would like to have this." So that's where vision boards and, and things like that, and you, yeah. you verbalize the things that you want. You list out what you want. And it's chatting to various successful people who have done that and then found uh, that, you know, I think it was, uh, I forget his name, the guy off Shark Tank. You know, he's, his vision board had a random house. And then years later, he realized he actually bought the exact same <laughs> yeah, fucking right. house, right? What? So there's things like that. <laughs> now, the, the, the thing about it that I reckon why it works, quote unquote, is it's just about your brain being able to refocus. Because the brain absorbs all information and can only filter what you consider it to be important. Do you know what I mean? Take the example of if you want to choose to buy like a red Toyota Camry and you're like, oh, I haven't seen that color. And, you know, you think, oh, maybe I should uh, consider buying that. After you tell your brain you're thinking about buying a red Toyota Camry, you'll see fucking heaps of them everywhere. Uh, Even though for the last month or year, you've never seen a single one of it. It's just about picking those, realizing that your opportunities. Noticing them. You know, you're probably you start, seen them. You're probably seeing them all the time. Yeah. You just notice it more. Or it's <laughs> you like, see one and start stealing one. <laughs> you're like, there it is. So what it does is in terms of the idea of uh, man putting that out there, it's you've told your brain this is something right. we value. So say it is I, I want to run 10K, right? It's like I'm going to now make that a priority for my brain to start seeking opportunities of going, hey, someone else is running. I should go running with them too. I'm going to like hit up saying, hey, man, do you mind if I walked with you and run with you or whatever? Like, and reaching out to you. So the, I think if you're thinking more positively, you probably feel better about doing things like that, right? I just feel like when I'm in a positive frame of mind, I'll 
make right. more things happen. Well, this we came to this naturally, and I was going to save it for a one-on-one catch-up that Med and I are recording right. later, but I'll do it now, might as well, because uh, a, a listener in Perth, Megan, uh, told me about a book that uh, she finds really beneficial called Useful Beliefs Ooh. by Chris Helder. And I think as the audiobook, I think it only went for like an hour and a half and two. Like he designed it to be a very short, quick bang read, and it's not necessarily groundbreakingly like insightful but it's so simplistic and effective uh the idea that regardless of whether something is true or false or real or not is it useful or not is a better question so uh, so the idea is like he said positive thinking doesn't work positive he actually believes that it's actually counterintuitive because how do you tell someone who's gone through some bad shit yeah just stay positive why why can't you be happy you know like i just fucking had to bury my child how about you let me grieve you know so it's not about that and it's always those people who've just read that book that project that on people like you know like it's like hey no no things like i always like when people go don't stress out don't do you know when they tell you how to feel Yeah. Which yeah. The, with the current with the current panic crisis that we're going through at the moment, that that is one on one that's happening at the moment. It's like, don't worry, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. It's like, don't tell me how I feel right now. No, like, not exactly. let me let me feel what I'm feeling. So positive thinking in that sense is frustrating and actually is kind of counter. It doesn't really, uh, I think, is dismissive of the hardships. But I don't what yeah. really is, mean it in that way. I just mean when I happen to feel more positive. Then yeah, things do get easier. For no, me. no, but this is what he's saying. So, for example, uh, one a good example that he uses is just tell you say that right now there has never been a better time to be in the industry that you're in, uh, in the history of the world, or something like that. And like whether that's true or not. Who gives a fuck? Because all it does is make you excited about potential opportunities in your field. Like you right. start to open up. Whereas if you say, oh, we're going through a recession and this is a fucking worst time to be mm. a stand-up comedian or whatever, these gigs are drying up or whatever it is you want. To th- that is what your brain will then start to do. But if you went the other way and said, oh, no, it's fucking awesome right now to be a you know working in retail or whatever it is that you do, that will make you open up to ideas going, oh, there's something that... Uh, you yeah. know, you might be doing, like there was a, uh, I think, a, a, I'm going to get the details wrong, but this is not from the book. This is something else about trying to f- understand lucky. They tried to run some experiments to understand what luck is. So they took some of the luckiest persons, people in the world and some of the unluckiest. And I think the experiment was something like they gave them a newspaper and say, count the number of um, uh, the times that the word, you know, um, the was used or something like that. Right. And they found out that the luckiest people saw that there was an ad, a fake ad written out, stop counting, uh, the number is 5,324 or whatever. And those lucky people saw it and went, oh, okay, cool. And they got it done. Whereas the unlucky people just kept counting over and over again. (laughs) So both were presented with the same opportunity, yet people who were luckier were able to take a step back and just look at the bigger picture as to what the task is at hand and really kind of open themselves up to seeing opportunities. That's all luck is. It's that's just great. seeing I love the opportunity that. more. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, that that's what's fascinating. So it's all about that mindset. And as you said, positive thinking in that sense opens you up to more of a, uh, a, a, a to better opportunities that lead to so something like the secret. As much as I hate the idea of just sit back and oh, I wish <laughs> I, I want to be a piano. I want to be a pianist. And oh, fucking great! Have you played a piano? No, no. The universe will grant me a piano. So that aspect of it, I really find frustrating. But I do think there is science behind what they are trying to say. Yeah, I think it was it's a, a mashup of a of things that have already been figured out. And I think the woman who wrote it, she was an Australian, I think. Yes. Uh, oh, really? And yes. I think she it was a grab bag of what's the different things with a bit of magic on top. But this is the real property one where it went on Oprah and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In think... the video, the example that they kept using visually was a kid looking at a red bike in a uh-huh. window. Uh-huh. <laughs> dreaming oh, of this Really? Bike. And then the bike appears. So it's like magic. You just have to think about it. Because well, I remember well, I got writer, sorry to cut you off, but the writer, uh, one of the head writers of the project, Justin Kennedy, he's in it. He's one of the actors in it. Oh right. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I remember I got confused once, and that's not unlike me. But then I remember the movie uh, The Circle came out, that horror movie, and I thought it was based on that book, The Secret. And I was like, oh, gee, that <laughs> what? Book? Yeah, yeah. I don't know because I was like, Circle Secret. I don't know. I get confused. But I remember in the movie, I was like, Jesus. I, after I saw the trailer of the movie, which I didn't want to watch, I was like, well, I'm definitely not going to read that book. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking like, weird. <laughs> um, what I was going to ask you, man, we've, we've bounced around so much. So going back to your calm, cool, calm demeanor. 
that's why we started this yeah. chain of thoughts. Uh, so you started to meditate. You did the meditation app. The chain of events broke yes. when you went to uh, London, well, UK. Yeah. Where are you at now in terms of trying to center yourself and things like that? Uh, I really haven't got back to it since then. That was December. So December this year, last 2019? Yeah. And how long was the streak? Uh, I think the streak was a was something like two months or something. So right. I, yeah. I mean, it's so, so, hard, so much harder than you think. And so what, for you, what were the benefits of meditation? I think part of it was... Uh, having a, a routine in the mornings. Yeah. Uh, just like uh, someone had told me that uh, a good thing to do is have a, a, a morning routine so you feel like you've had a little achievement before you've even started the day. You've mm. ticked off a few things and that maybe sets you off in a more positive Before the kids wake up? Uh, well, whenever you can. Yeah, yeah whenever, whenever you yeah, can. Yeah. So, I, yeah, you can't. I don't think it's hard to make. Yeah, I'm not Tim, getting Tim. up when. When do you get up? I well now just because my daughter hasn't slept in about four months, um, and we now have a mattress in her room next to her bed. So, um, so we're taking turns sleeping on that. But so what we do is, is the days I'm not taking the brunt of it. Uh, so we just can't take turns between who sleeps just there. Dumbbell, just dumbbell that shit. Just drop it and walk drop out. So I wake up at six twenty. So six twenty, knowing that the grow clock is seven o'clock. So in those forty minutes, I do my meditation, my yoga stretches, and then I feel like I've achieved something. How do you? How do you? Do you have a nap during the day? Because then you work no, all day. I work all day and then gig I at night. Yeah, get home at midnight or something. But it, on, they're on the days that I know I'm going to get six hours. Right. So six hours, like that is that is bang. We got six hours, and then we take turns getting six hours because usually it's broken up every six two. hours is your max. Oh, uh, my max, the dream is to get seven. Like that is, and we, we're working to that. But if I get six, it is just, we're like, right, I feel amazing. Feel, like, wow. I, and if I do that morning ritual in the morning, which I've been, like, and there are weeks, you know, there are weeks where you only you get to do it once or twice. Hmm. But even if I just do the simple stretches and that 10 minute meditation, even though I might do it a longer one in the day, if I do that, I wake up, I can handle the onslaught of the morning. I can handle that my partner has not slept next to my daughter. I can get breakfast ready. Like I'm, I'm already present rather than we all wake up in a cloudy foul yeah. mood. At least one of us is ready to uh, steer the ship that by the time we leave the house uh, for drop off, we're all feeling good. There's a phrase that uh, I think it's called uh, win the first hour, you win the day. And ah. uh, Tim Ferriss, who you love, uh, love Ben, uh, you would have people would have heard me go Tim, Tim, Tim before trying to get there. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just realized it sounded like I had a mental breakdown. To Tim, 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 Tim. <laughs> Tim Ferriss uh, has a thing about five things that he tries to do. And the goal is to only try and minimi- minimal, sorry, um, at, at a minimum, get three of them. So it's not about all five. Yep. At least get three of the five done. And the first one is arranging the bed. Just getting yes. out and putting the doona and the pillows back in place. That's one done. Second thing, I think he's got one of them is a gratitude list. Then the other one's a drink that he has, like a tea. Yeah. Uh, third, fourth one is, I think, uh, some sort of exercise, like a bit of push-ups or something like that. And the fifth one. And they're really quick. Yeah, they're quick and easy. Yeah. And exactly as you said, Matt, it's about getting a win earlier in the day. And that starts changing your mindset for how the things are going to go down the All track. Right. I like that. Right? What was it? Win, win the, the morning, win, win the, the first hour, hour, and then win the day. Because yeah. I've had I've had an issue where um, my daughter's really sensitive to smell, and I don't know if you remember when you guys were little how much your dad reeked in the morning. Like I just remem- <laughs> I remember, I, I just remember my dad's no. breath was just shocking, right? And I'd be like, "Get away from me!" And then it wasn't. My dad the- worked over so, so oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> But I was like, I remember, like I was like, ah. Oh. So now, if I can even squeeze that from 6.20 to do the 10 minutes meditation, do a couple of stretches, try and get a quick shower in. So when I wake up, um, I wake up and she's like, oh, I want mommy. And I was like, hey, and she's like, and then a couple of mornings she's like, daddy, you smell nice. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. So it's one less barrier that I know that I can connect with her uh, cool. quicker in the morning and get her dressed and then just go, oh, let's start the day. But figuring that out is something only a clear-minded person could do who's had a great six hours. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sounds like a nightmare to me that that's the best you've got is six yeah. hours. At but the moment now, yeah. What Was that always the way? No. It's right, Matt, the, the seriously, act- stop interviewing us because this <laughs> podcast has had more auto chat from me and Ben than it has had. He's a good podcaster. <laughs> no, he's a great interviewer. And <laughs> this is not what this show is about. Is we want to know about what you're doing, but please continue. No, no, but the um uh what was it? What did you say? Wait, like before kids and stuff was six hours 
good enough for you then? No, it was a bit, usually it depends. I used to, we talk about this, I was a big drinker. See, this is the other thing I want to talk about is you love beer. Yeah, you love beer so much. It's all over your socials. It's all over your shirts sometimes. Yeah, you wear yeah. T-shirts about beer. Yeah, yeah, I do have a um, beer But shirt. would you consider yourself a big drinker though? Uh, some I'll, I'd say a social drinker. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Uh, means I'm not. I would nearly never drink alone. Nearly never drink at home. Mm-hmm. I only really drink when I'm out with friends. And you enjoy the taste of yeah, the beer. Do you ever get beers. drunk, maggot? Yes. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I know, like, yeah. I definitely am a, a big drinker, but then I also, like, I didn't drink through February. Febfast? Febfast, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a word for suddenly <laughs> all that drinking is finally taking its toll on your pronunciation of February. <laughs> I'm there with Doctor. <laughs> I don't know why. Feb- February is uh, a brutal word. When oh, day, I find it really hard. Yeah. I thought you just completely forgot. You know the thing where you fast in February? I forgot what it's called. <laughs> February. <laughs> now I'm starting to question my own pronunciation of February. February. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> you fucked it. But, yeah, so I, and I've, yeah, I've taken periods off. So I, it's not, I, f- I feel like I've proven myself. I, it's, I'm not addicted to it or anything, but I do enjoy it. And then on occasions, like Super Bowl Day was the last one, which was in February, but. Uh, I That's uh, NFL, yeah. Oh wow, I didn't uh, realize you loved NFL. I, well. I wouldn't say I love it, but I but aware I, enough. Yeah, it. right. I have mates who do, and um, so you and almost when catching up with my high school mates is more likely to be a blowout drinking session. Did you start drinking young? Yeah. What yeah. age was that? Uh, I think fourteen. Oh wow, that is right. young. And that hit, is, like, it wasn't in Moravian. Uh, uh, that was pretty standard around there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's where you grew up in Moravian. Right where the Saints uh, practice. Yeah, is that why you right. moved there? Your parents uh-huh. went so you can be closer to the St. Kilda Saints? I think, well, I think it was probably that my parents grew up around there, then moved to the country as teachers. That's, that's why I was born in the country. They moved to the country as teachers. What were they when they left the city? Uh-huh. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, moved, the they left as students, <laughs> but they arrived as teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think back whenever they there was they encouraged teachers to get country jobs. I think uh-huh. there must have been some system where you had to do that out of college or something. Okay, right, right. Because I guess so you moved around a bit as kids. Uh, only a couple of times. So we're yeah, in the country. Kyneton, I was born, and then we yeah. lived in Charlton. That's near Bendigo, right? Yeah, they're both sort of. Kyneton's not too far out of town. It's like an hour or so. Kyneton's become fancy. It has. Yeah, it's amazing. I was looking into renting there and commuting in. I'm like, oh, it's as expensive as where I live now. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. And so what was the, uh, for you, in terms of uh, drinking that culture, was it like your parents knew about it or was it always behind their back? Uh, it was behind their back at, at first. Uh, it, I remember that because they had to come pick me up from a party that I'd got I drank too much at. Yeah. And the other people at the party were worried. So, oh, right. oh, really? Yeah. How old? Uh, I would have been 14, 15. I'm still picturing him with the beard, though. That's what's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I'm just seeing a, like, a little teenager with a massive beard. <laughs> I would have had some sort of beard, probably. When was the last time you shaved it? Uh, Sin FM days, You remember? know when, yeah, I was at Sin. Uh, yeah. I, I would shave a bit. Because there was a period before the last six or so. I've always had beards since I could grow them on and off. Yeah. And I used to shave bits and whatever. But um, I think in the last six or seven years, it's become socially acceptable to just not shave at all. Yeah, So yeah. I've just been like, oh, sick. I just don't. But before that, I'd, sh- I'd be like, oh, I'm a groomsman in a mate's wedding. I better have a shave. Yeah, so I'd yeah, shave yeah. the like word "groom" is in the three. title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't even consider that. That's right yeah. there. So I've got yeah. So I'd clean shave, and and I remember one time I did that, and the bride was like, "Why'd you do that? Much prefer you to have a beard." <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you're so masculine, you can just wheel a beard into existence in two hours. It was a yeah double sort of brew. I'm like, oh, I shaved when I didn't have to, and you've really had a go at my face there. It's your big day, so I, yeah, I don't think I. Well, I, from my, I've never seen you without it because I'm always fascinated. Because my like my dad grew one for ages, and then and then I like eventually he had to shave it off because someone thought um, he was in his 80s or something, and it, and it hurt. And then when he shaved it off, it was kind of freaky because I forgot what his chin looked like. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really hidden. Isn't yeah, it? like you go. Like, I, I don't know where it ends or where it starts. My, yeah, it's it, it, no matter where. It looks tiny when you pull when it you back. When you pull it back, yeah. yeah, yeah just because yeah. in comparison. But, I mean, it's a fine chin. 
<laughs> Cheryl. <laughs> I remember my dad shaved when I was a kid when we were living in the country. Then he came out to the breakfast house. So I would have been about four. And I, he just had a mustache. He always had a mustache, still does. And mustache changes your face a lot. Yeah. So I... I freaked out. I cried. I'm like, who the, Who is this guy at the breakfast table? So um, it, it's a And that, is that what led you to the drinking? That led me to the drinking. <laughs> yeah, I said, who is men. this guy? Not Get 14. Out. It was four. Um, um. Yeah. I, it, it's something I haven't really questioned because you've both given up drinking. And it's way more common for younger people now to not drink at all. Yeah. yeah I, I, which is interesting. This was brought only to my attention recently that well, it's, I, it's a big thing. I wonder moment. if it's a similar to our generation in terms of smoking. Like, you know, yeah. like yes. it feels like there were more awareness about the harmful nature of cigarettes more so than our parents' generation. So we had more friends who didn't smoke as opposed to our parents' generation yeah. where every kid smoked. So everyone at least was a casual smoker. But yeah, yeah. I've never had a drag of a cigarette because of that. Never, really. Right. And I think I remember remember like it's a weird conversation to remember but i remember around that time i've been 14 i was at a party mm. and uh some girl goes to me you, you smoke i said nah she goes do you at least drink i said yeah of course i drink <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone <laughs> not everyone drinks. Fucking oh, loser. yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing like seeing like kids now there are some kids who make that decision like already before like and it's not a religious thing but you hear kids go no i'm just i'm, I'm just not going to get into it i've seen my the generation before me be a mess and it's embarrassing. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be a lot of it as well. Yeah, totally. Especially and now, but also now with like it's like also that generation where uh, they can see it more. They can see the consequences, like the designer drugs that you can buy online. Like that gener- that next generation coming through is like fucking. I'm not gonna buy anything on fucking line. It's fucked. There's all these fucking private school kids just topping themselves, you know, just like having these drugs and then all freaking out and they're all like in this rec room in the year twelve. Like it's happened a couple of times it's up in geez. North where you're just like, someone bought it online. They can just get it. Right. So it's oh. just like that thing where it's like, well, there's the next generation going, nah, you know. The world's changing. It's almost like they're rebe- like kind of rebelling. Yeah, in, in a just in a, the opposite way. Yeah, so yeah, what, yeah. How we rebelled by, or how I did, maybe would be to have blowouts with alcohol. Yeah, and- I will rebel. I won't buy a house <laughs> until I'm a lot older and I can't afford it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like a friend of mine whose both parents work in the arts, like one the dad's late electrician and stuff like that. She was like, "Fuck it, I'm going becoming a scientist." <laughs> yeah, like, that was her rebellion was to become I a love scientist. It. It hey, funny. I just want to make sure we crossed off some of our threads that we were covering with you. So we. With meditation, it was towards the end, and the reason you liked it was because you felt that there was something consistent during yeah, the day. Yeah, I think so. And, and it was just not – I I like having – it's also – I was doing it for 10 minutes, and that's yeah. 10 minutes where I'm not – I'm kind of trying to um, stop being – Compulsively looking at my phone. Yeah, which I, yeah. It's probably my worst addiction, I reckon. What have you done to try and control the phone I, I give myself a rule, which I – uh, have been breaking lately, and I and I, I'm like I need that chain thing. As soon as I break it once, it's like it just falls away. It, so it what are the rules the that you're given? My rule is uh, only half an hour at the start of the day. Once I've had breakfast, so once I've basically done the morning routine mm-hmm. stuff, and then half an hour after dinner, and, and then so full daytime clear of social media is the idea. So I've got to really clear in the daytime. Especially line of work. Yeah, right. so the idea would be that I have a chance to post something in the morning and at night and reply to or whatever, interact right. with anything in those periods. That was the idea. The control that I've tried to give myself is two hours after. Uh, I can't look at social media two hours uh, until uh, after I've woken up. Do you know what I mean? Like, so good, at least yeah. like start the day with doing other shit as opposed to getting sucked into that vortex. And yeah. and that was a that was a, that's you've been doing that for a while. And I've started using that one, which is a great tip, which mm. really works. Is is no social media. The only one thing I will look at is the news instead yep. of just turning on the telly. I always like to uh-huh. you know see what's happening on in the world, which is fair uh, given that yeah you're yeah. you know as. A, so and all that you need to know. Fuck, what am I sending my kids out to? Yeah, you know? totally. And so, uh, but. Uh, yeah, so it's like trying to put that filter. But in our line of work, it's really, really hard because sometimes you'll, you'll get a message, especially now with Instagram, which seems to be the most common form of contact at the moment, through especially through fans and even work, mm. where you're just like, oh, well, if I don't respond, do I then? I think I enjoyed the meditation because it was 10 minutes of, mm. I definitely didn't have to do that. I like getting a massage occasionally as well. It's the same yeah. thing. It's just like I can't be on my phone. It's just lying oh, and thinking for God, an hour. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's almost like a different version of, unguided meditation or something yeah 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 because you also you're very present with like you know part of headspace is about you start off by doing a body scan 
Yes. Yep. So similarly, when you're getting massaged, you're focused on a particular area of your body. They're like, oh, that's right. The calf is really right, sore. Yeah, it's very so similar, So you're, you're centered into, put, you're, you're, you're in tune with your physical body. So you're making that link between mind and body stronger during that time. Unless you're a fuckhead who's just still getting massaged, but then on your phone, done. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's and there, there would be people like that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but I think that I reckon I end up feeling as relaxed probably from the massage as from just having an hour of chilling out from everything. And what is it about running that, uh, again, another thread we didn't cross off, that what is it about running that you particularly enjoyed and have been consistently doing? I think it's just that I love that it's just a thing you can do by yourself anytime. Yeah. You just have to put runners on and you just go right. do it. Right. I think so a lot of people talk about it being that for them. And and it's hard, but I kind of like, I think stubbornness in that kind of way is one of my strengths. So I can like push through and run a bit further than maybe my body would want me to. And then I feel awesome, I think, because you're endorphins or whatever. And that's, you know, talking about that positive frame of mind after a run, I probably don't ever feel as positive as coming back from a run. Yeah. I just feel like I'm like, oh, what are these things I've been wanting to do? I, I should be, let's right, start getting you're ready into to kind of take on the... Yeah. yeah. So do you have a time of the day that you try to get a run in? Like, uh, Not really, but it, it usually ends up being in the evening, but it could be, it could be any time. Just because, like, I'm kind of, my work life is now pretty, you know, so, unstructured. So now, with being a family man, how many kids you've got now? Couple. You got two kids, <laughs> and how did you transition from being, you know, not a parent to a parent and still trying to maintain those, uh, those, I think, you know, to dos. A, a lot of that stuff has, I think, a lot of it's come after them. So it's almost oh, like right. they've sort of almost yeah. um, inspired focused that. the the rest of the time. Yeah. Before uh-huh. it was, it was. I just felt a little bit, you know. I just felt like I had nothing but time, so there wasn't any oh, time pressure. Before you jumped the wall, <laughs> that time. So I don't think now a lot of a lot of things have changed since then. That where I um, am more focused. Like they've, yeah. I don't know. It's just helped me. Um, I've heard other people say this that it uh, can motivate you to. Uh, get things done a bit yeah more. i guess yeah. there's an element of where for you guys as parents you want to be good role models for your kids and yeah. if you're presenting a version of your you know 20 year old or teenage self of you know drinking too much or whatever it's like you start to go Ugh, i don't want that to be what the kids remember yeah. me by i also that they've helped me drink way less as well i don't i pretty much can't do hangovers because yeah you just can't. it's right. so brutal so it means that unless i know that i'm you know i the next days I, I can lie in bed and watch Netflix, which is pretty rare, <laughs> yeah. um, then I'd, I wouldn't do but it. But then when you do do it, how much do you enjoy it? Oh, I love it. <laughs> watch Adam Sandler movies all day. <laughs> Happy to, Gilmore again. <laughs> to, we're coming to the end, but I can't let you go without talking to you about this. Uh, you told me last night that you've uh, started, you went and saw a dietitian. Yeah, that's right. So first question is what made you go to see a dietitian and, and uh, how did it go down? I Well, I... I've always been slightly paranoid with not just because um, I've I'm I've been tired of, like pretty much for, for ever since I can remember, a bit more tired than I think you should be during the day, and I always I go to see the doctors semi regularly about it, and they nearly always bring up my vegetarian diet. Oh right. And then I get blood tests. The blood tests always come back fine, and then it just sort of fades away. I did sleep. I went to a sleep doctor last year and did the, all those tests. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they found that I'm like I had mild sleep apnea. Then I tried the CPAP machine for a month uh-huh. and they found that that didn't really fix it. So it was probably not the issue. So okay. I still haven't figured out what it was. So I'm still sort of hunting around it for a reason for the time. So put a pause in that chat for a second. How long have you been vegetarian? Uh, since I was 14. Since, wow. Since, since you started, started drinking. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common story. You know, I, I got drunk and had an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> and your decision was uh, ethical reasons, or yeah, uh, I well, I think it, it, this is the dumbest reason anyone's ever become vegetarian. But it started as a joke. Uh, everyone, I, I didn't know any other vegetarians. Mm. I, then I, my uh, cousin was vegetarian. I'm like, what does that mean? And that wasn't long before that. And then, uh, as a family, we went and saw Babe, the, uh-huh. the, the pig uh-huh. movie. Yeah. And on the way home, I go. Well, I've never eaten pigs again. Yeah. As a joke. And I had never eaten pigs again. Ah, so you should. That's the secret manifesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I a weird. <laughs> you I put know, it out into the universe that you don't dumbest, eat pigs. Like, that's it could so not funny. be a dumber reason. Well, I love it. And then I started, <laughs> I started looking into it a bit and I did a, a 
a high school oral presentation for English about mm. vegetarianism, uh-huh. which did increase bullying for a while. But sure. um, in, uh, in the early 2000s, in an all-boys school, <laughs> uh, these are the, some of the positives of not eating meat. But um, then... You were a game changer before the documentary came out. <laughs> <laughs> but it just researching that, I'm like, oh, there's, there's plenty of... It sounds like it's healthier. I mean, uh-huh. I would have been reading vegetarian bias sure, publications. Sure. I mean, yeah. But, they, you know, it seemed like it was positive for health. As long as you look after your diet, right. which it's taken a long time for me to talk to a professional about, right? Uh, you know, better uh, for the environment years. they say, and better for animals. Obviously, the, and what did Celia? Sorry, uh, to Luke and uh, Luke McGregor and Celia Piccola, who wrote uh, and starred in Rosehaven, had a scene with a pig uh, in one of the episodes, and they on set having that pig and realizing how amazing it was. Uh, both of them don't eat bacon and pork anymore since then. No kidding. Uh, I'm pre- at least definitely Celia. I'm pretty sure Luke as well. that's funny? It's just I think that that would, yeah, it makes sense that would happen. You like you connect with a thing. Yeah. I Some mean, people are able to separate and others can't. This is a weird draw- line to draw, but um, it's similar to with uh, racism and bigotry. It's like you, the thing that is away and out of sight, out of mind, it's easier to dismiss as being unimportant and not what we need to care about refugees and stuff like that. But once you meet someone, yes. then you go, I can't eat you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I think why, and, and that, that's possibly often why it's uh, the cliche of co- country towns more isolated might be more racist yeah. because if it's just a full town full of white people. Yeah. It's, it's tribal. It makes sense. That's mm. something you, you, you're wired to fear the unknown. And if something is physically different to you and you've not grown up with it around you, you fear it as being this potentially, this doesn't look like me. This must be a, a rival tribe trying to, you right. know, take my, take my like, land away from me or whatever. So for you with vegetarian. That's ironic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So tell me about uh, this visit to the dietitian. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I, in a lot of ways she told me things that I probably already knew somewhere, but... The most helpful thing, she, it was just like weird going in and saying, this is what I do. And her being like, oh, firstly, you got to have lunch. I just like, I didn't have lunch. She's like, you've got to start having lunch. What do you mean you don't have lunch? So what, I, do you I would eat, just, what time do you eat in the morning? I'd eat, um, it would vary between like 7 and 10. I'd have a bowl of oats. Okay. And then I'd, for whatever, I'd just get distracted and I'd float through the middle of the day. And then I'd eat way too much at dinner late at night. And what's the dinner look like? Dinner is like half a bag of pasta with <laughs> half a can of beans and, all, you know, like a huge mountain <laughs> right. of food. Which is interesting because, sorry, which because I would have thought that because you had such a big dinner that it was breakfast that you skip. Yeah. But no, for your lunch. I, well, so it's like the, you get up and you eat breakfast. That's the thing. And do then, you eat with the kids though? No. Nah, okay. Just, uh, oh, it depends. But, yeah, not usually. So just... Get something eaten before I go. It's just a routine thing. I've always had breakfast, and then you know I'm starting to do things during the day, and then I don't just don't think about it. So it's a, but yeah. So she's like, start having lunch. Also, don't have dinner after ten. Have it Mm. at like six or seven, and she cut it one cup of pasta instead of what I was having was probably like like three. three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big change. All of a sudden, the sauce is bigger than the pasta. She gave me this graph, and I'm sure I've seen it in primary school. But <laughs> so, so she was like, "Oh, we're gonna have to go to the basic stuff for this guy." <laughs> <laughs> but it was it's a it's a graph split. So there's half. <laughs> She's got like that plate, yeah, which yeah, is it, like it, crossed out. It is. Yeah. That, that was the plate. Really? Was, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, I'm taking notes. So half the plate is. Uh, veggies. veggies quarter of the plate is protein yeah. the quarter is carbs I'm like well I'm going to start doing this and I have that's that been is amazing uh, and then but then the more interesting stuff was probably be, I mean that was really good for me because I'm like I have not I just free pour everything you know free pour the pasta into the pot and yeah. the veggies I have no idea what the portions were so that was all out of whack and then but I, I was lucking onto a bunch of stuff vegetarian iron things which is a, a mm. one of the bigger issues Spice she's like oh stuff. you're yeah you're kind of hitting that pretty well you're meant to have vitamin c with your so uh, vita- uh iron from meat apparently is absorbed a lot easier mm. iron from vegetables like greens and some from you know there's oats and all these other things it needs help 
from vitamin C, which you should have oh, at the same time. I didn't so know my pasta sauce was tomato based with like passata, which is full of tomatoes, vitamin, vitamin C. C. Yeah. yeah. So I was just lacking onto that with uh, my broccoli and um, spinach and stuff in the sauce. Uh, so that that was pretty interesting. The other thing that I found fascinating was that men and women need way different amounts of iron. We need yeah. eight. 90s comedians were right. There are differences between men and women. <laughs> I think we need eight maybe milligrams or whatever the measurement is. Yeah. And women need 18. Of iron? Iron. Well, because they lose the a monthly. Yeah, stuff exactly. Like that. Right. But I didn't realize it was like, you know, more than double. Yeah. Is, so I don't know. Because I, I, I hit about the right amount. So if I was a woman having my diet, I'd be way under on iron. Right. I find it so fascinating to hear talk about all this because it's this opposite of, say, someone who was fat as a kid or whatever. Ideas about nutrition and what is good and what is bad has been swirling around my brain since the age of nine. Right. And I know that I didn't do it, but I was that awareness was yeah. there because you're so, always so worried about how you like the uh, plate, like that yeah, is, but how fat you are, whatever, it's always right. on your brain and it weighs you down. Uh, and whereas for you, because physically you didn't show signs of being quote unquote unhealthy. You just had an unhealthy diet. Yeah, that's right. And then, but and not it, unhealthy got, diet, but in, 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 at least well, just no, not balanced. Un- not balanced. And it's gotten worse as time's gone on. Right. So as I think comedy's made, I'd be eating dinner after coming back uh-huh, from gigs. Of course, yeah. Whereas when I was, I used to work in sales, I'd get home and have dinner at a normal time mm-hmm. and then not eat late. But I'd still probably would have had too much pasta. I also would have had lunch back then. Yeah. So I don't know why I've just stopped having lunch in the last year or something. Is that the creative side kicking in and you just I think get maybe. pushed through? Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. also, pro- I think um, um, if I do feel anxiety about uh, new material and that sort of stuff, it does suppress my appetite as well. Yeah. Probably through the day when I'm writing. I wonder if it's like a window of intermittent fasting for you, though, where you're eating between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m., let's say, right. which is 10 hours, you know what I mean? And so the rest of the other 14 hours, you're not eating. Yeah, so, so I've just lucked onto this well, Yeah, um, this whole diet other thing. Fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was happening like in recent times, but you've been doing it unconsciously. Yeah, it, it, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think I have been lucky. I've the definitely been lucky man. with diet as well. <laughs> I, and I normally I pull back whenever I – it's my stomach – expands my, mm-hmm. i still look you know i've got very skinny arms and legs mm-hmm. and then my stomach and under my chin which you can't see you can't see because of the beard uh and then i that's when i, I focus back on exercise harder right. and all these other things so i've always, i feel like i've never let it fully blow out but uh there's been a few times where and also the time where it usually blows out is you i feel like you've already kind of you you've passed that like especially when you start having kids and the second one comes along i've seen a lot of dads just right blow out and if you've come if you're i reckon the back end of that because your little one's getting a bit older i reckon you're in uh safe house. Yeah. So that's the that's the time when a lot of guys blow out right well that makes sense because you're like i just don't have time yeah. to think about it uh but i yeah it's it's interesting stuff, but this podcast made good. I, I listen to it every now and then while I'm running, and it's like, oh, it's a motivating thing. Oh, thanks, yeah. man. No, it's a, it's a really. I think it's. I imagine you probably get a lot of people talking about it. That it's very motivating. Yeah, I think the best way people have used it is just like a companion to yep. their own exercise. thing. Exercise. It's yeah. like you know, everyone's doing their own thing, and I think that's the biggest lesson from the people to chat with. That is, there's no one size fits all model for getting healthy and and being mentally and physically fit whether it's meditation, whether it's not meditation, whatever it is, but at least to know that there are other people thinking about those things yep. helps people go, oh, well, I should think about for myself. What, Which version yep. should I apply to myself? Or, you know, choose what, you know, makes sense to your lifestyle and then know that there are people out there who have done it and been successful with it, you know? And there's so many different things to do. Yeah, which I mean? is interesting, isn't it? I think a lot of people, you know, you'll hear um, like the big experts will sometimes be a bit evangelical about one way. This is the mm. this is the solution. This is the secret. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I, I doubt there's anything that works for everyone. I think that's something that's that a lot right. of people it's make. It's my whole festival show. A lot of, a lot of, <laughs> lot of PTs and, and dietitians and stuff who are now starting to post Instagram you know, results with the little caveat at the bottom saying results may vary because, you know, body depends yeah. on both sides. Like, I, that's good that they're putting that awareness out there. They're going, yes, this worked for me, but be aware that maybe I'm more naturally built for this physique or, you know, I'm more, you know, prone to uh, burning fat way more. Right. Um, you know, it, it's really fascinating to know how different, you know, 
everyone is. I'm feeling that slow down, the natural. I th- I assume I had a highish metabolism when I was younger. Mm. And I used to, like as a teen, I had a pretty bad diet. I used to, when I worked at a supermarket, I remember eating six packs of donuts on my breaks and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> oh, and not so... even feeling gross after. Yeah. But now I'd have one and I just feel sick. Yeah, right. So you're in tune with what's like your body wants now. Yeah, I so. think so. Um, but the other thing she said was that maybe, and I haven't had done it long enough to know for sure, but me eating huge carb-loaded meals within an hour before going to bed is possibly something that's not helping my sleep. And then yeah. so my body's trying to digest. It's working hard through the night. I'm not getting good sleep. Oh. And maybe that's something that's leading to the tiredness, tiredness as well. Sounds right. like you eat a lot of pasta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my pasta. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I just, I probably knew that it wasn't right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I, it was really one of the main reasons I went and saw a dietitian was like, I know if I talk to a doctor and they tell, they just give me some basic rules, yeah. I'll stick to them. So which, to which fin- I'm sort of doing. So that's a, what are the basic to finish us off? What are the, what is she set you on? What are what is your what is an ideal day look like? For my ideal day diet-wise? from diet-wise. which is like using my my existing kind of yeah lifestyle setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, be I have which. Basically, the normal breakfast I was having, oats with oat milk. But she said add add some f- blueberries or berries at this time of year. She said they're in season. so And, and the reason blueberries have antioxidants. Uh-huh. And uh, she said two servings of fruit a day, which I didn't know. She said... <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> like, I just eat... I think I would normally just eat two you bits of fruit. I just fluked a lot this, of... You had, like, this you had a podcast about monkeys and you yet don't know anything about fruit. <laughs> but that's what, But I think that it just fits to your nature. You've just got that relaxed approach. You're like, oh, yeah, I guess I, I do that. Like, do it, like <laughs> it's yeah. just like... It's the way you roll. But yeah, I think I'd go with the flow is probably my overall uh, mood or something. But then... So, oats with blueberries for breakfast then have... Uh, she said, I normally have a tea with my breakfast, but she mm. says caffeine actually uh, reverses some of the absorption of the iron, which is in the oats. So now I've, I have a, the tea an hour later, oh. which is a bit annoying, but that's it's cool to know that I've, I've sort of been reversing some of the iron absorption. Oh, then l- lunch should be a wrap or a sandwich with uh, ideally with veggies uh, some protein, that sort of stuff. So I'll I'll have a, a bit of cheese with salad, or and sometimes with an egg. Mm-hmm. There's another rule. She goes six eggs maximum a week. Oh, what? One maximum a day, six maximum in a week. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I've I've heard this. Is this for like, cholesterol, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, I have so many. <laughs> you have I reckon I'm around that mark. I reckon I'm about five, five, six. Like someone told someone told me that I was like try to vary it, but again, most of the times I have them is with within smoothies. Like, <sighs> oh right, mm, I love so, eggs. I love eggs. Yeah, the, oh. it, yeah. That was a. I'm. I never thought about that, but then I probably was in about that range as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, Dinner, but with that one cup of pasta instead of yeah, so, and and I so I and I have basically the same amount of pasta. I just measure it now. I measure it so the, there's two cups of veggies, one cup of protein, which is normally kidney beans, uh-huh. and a, a bit of cheese on top. So you and, have kidney beans and pasta. Yeah, that's I've, like a, a few people carb, said that's like, weird. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's either one or the other, right? Because they're both very carby and pasta. Uh, kid beans are super healthy because of. The, the type of carbohydrate it is. Right. You know? And yeah, and that's because I don't have the meat. That's like a. It's and it's a quick release as well. Oh, meat yeah, of substitute. Course. Of course. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and Mentals it also makes the sauce a bit really good, meatier yeah. as yeah. well. It does but, flesh it out. I've been, and I've been putting beans, those kidney beans, in soups as well. It yeah. Really yeah. I love it and gives it a texture. Well, I love kidney yum, beans yum, yum. so much. Mm. And then she said, so normally I would just, that would be all I'd probably have for the day. But she said, because I'm having dinner earlier now, and I've seen her twice, and I said I've been hungry when I'm going to bed since mm-hmm. I've been doing it, and she said that she she misunderstood when I said I was going to bed. She thought I was going to bed at nine. I'm like, no, more like midnight. So she's like, oh well, that's why you're getting hungry. Have a snack like nuts or warm milk or something like that. Right. About nine o'clock. You're halfway between. You're a kid again. Yeah, I know. It's all, I'm a kid being told. I've just gone back to Warm primary milk. school. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you brush your teeth before you go to bed. There's the plate. And... <laughs> 
Is it? Yeah, apparently warm milk is like it's a, it'll fill you up a bit, but I don't know why. It's, Which you talking about? Like, have some warm milk. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the aeroplane. <laughs> and read this bedtime story to yourself as you go to bed. Yeah. Choo choo, here comes the kidney beans. <laughs> Um, I, we uh, unfortunately got to wrap it up there. Um, uh, what do you have? Uh, so we've got your Dugon podcast. People will, will love that. But your other one. And you've got a whole bunch of them. Yeah, I do. I do one, another weekly one called Primates, which is about primates and popular culture. Mm-hmm. Pretty important work. What's uh, a, I love it. It's literally about monkeys. Yeah, yeah primates. Pretty much. What's a what's a good entry level intro pod to get into for uh, the primate one? Oh, I mean, is it, is it following a narrative from episode no, one? You got to find out which. <laughs> there's no narrative, but it depends on what you're into. Some are pretty serious, some aren't. There's a few that have been with a real primatologist called Erica Fleury. Oh wow! Done three so good. Did you cover the baboons that escaped uh, after oh, the vasectomy? No, haven't had wow, a chance yet. That's that, big news, man. I'd love to talk to her about that. Has anyone talked about Bikido yet? I want to wait and talk oh, about no, Bikido. Yeah. You've got to, I reckon. I'm obsessed with that gorilla. Okay. Bikido's the gorilla that escaped out of the Dutch zoo and then uh, bit a woman in the face over oh, 150 you had material. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I became obsessed with it. Oh, we gotta, you've well, said that when it. I told you the idea. Because uh, I, I was, I was like, because everyone's got like a gorilla or an ape story that they like have <laughs> some sort of connection with it. I don't have one. Uh, <laughs> no, I reckon you'd I? be surprised. Right, like, if you think of a famous monkey, who do you think of? Uh, That's right. King Kong is the only there one. You I see might have a connection with King Kong. We still haven't done a King Kong episode. There you go. It's too big, too many get from. In fact, Stephen Pressfield, whose book I referenced before, Art of War, War of Art, sorry, uh, he was the writer of uh, King Kong Lives, and he talks about how how uh, he was so excited. He was like he had this big, huge party for the premiere because it's the first time he's in a Hollywood movie has bought one of his scripts, and it was such a flop. Like people oh. didn't – like his yeah. friends and family – Tried to make avoid eye contact, didn't go to the party, oh. just left the cinema before they had to speak to him oh, and just got Jesus. canned. And he was like, What he said is, at least you're failing at the thing you give a shit about. Right. But it's better, like, he rather than letting oh. that fear of, is this going to be received well? He's like, No, at least I'm in the arena getting my ass kicked rather than sitting in the sidelines yeah, watching someone else great. do it. So, oh, yeah. that's. That's going to help me next time I bomb. <laughs> uh, and what about comedy festival live performances? Yes. Next to it? Uh, depending on when this comes out, I'm in Brisbane for the comedy festival. From the it's 10th. coming out on the 13th. Oh, I'm there right now, 10th to the 15th. Brilliant. Check it at out. At the Powerhouse and then in Melbourne uh, Comedy Festival, a full run at the Vic Hotel. Oh, lovely. And Good then space. In- Acacia Room? I don't no. know. Uh, okay, maybe. Like me, I don't know. Vic's Bar? Maybe. Uh, no, no. I'm not sure. The one that Josh Earl's in. Oh, okay. Josh Room. And, the Josh <laughs> room. Yeah. and then Sydney Comedy Festival for four nights. Um, and yeah, all the details for. And oh, I'm just going, I'm going to do my first Edinburgh. I've just got. Hey, I'll new. see you there. Sick. Uh, so all Let's the go for runs for together. That'd be great. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. I'll need that. You have the most understanding partner in the world. <laughs> so, uh, MattStewartComedy.com. Yeah, go through the website and get tickets. Go yeah. through the website. Sweet. Uh, ben Lomas, you've got Love Handles, which is probably starting soon in starting Melbourne. Starting soon, starting um, on the 6th of April to the 19th of April. Um, only doing 12 shows. Discount um, code LOVE. Yes, type in LOVE. Uh, and uh, again, uh, Fitbit listeners, would love to see you there. Bring some friends along. It's a show for everyone. And of course, you get to ask me a question throughout the show so uh, yeah please head to benlomas.com to buy tickets and again I'm only doing Melbourne this year Uh, I'm not doing Sydney so uh, if you're from Sydney fly down for it is there (laughs) anywhere where people can see your uh, spot at the Just For Last Festival in Sydney uh, Opera House yeah it will be repeated unfortunately it won't be on Channel 10 until the end of the year but it is on the Comedy Channel and it does get repeated quite a lot so um, but uh, thank you for that and thank you for all the people who uh, uh, said thanks Uh, it it was fun to do it was a dream come true so mm, thank you very cool um i've got my live show tour has already started i just finished uh, perth and adelaide uh four and a half star review in the adelaide oh, if you don't mind uh and uh i head off to brisbane comedy festival march 10 to the uh 15th uh i would have done kasula at this point uh, yes, hopefully kasula <laughs> went well uh but also canberra comedy festival march 20th and 21st and then all of melbourne comedy festival and then edinburgh so uh tickets at comedy.com.au or dirukj.com.au now i've yeah. got a website now yeah so, hey. uh, so please so do good. check it out uh thank you folks thank you feedback listeners uh we love you and thank you matt so much for yeah coming. thanks man hey, thanks for having me all right we'll see you next week bye